Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, Watches and Wonders has been and gone. We've seen all the new releases. The ones that came to the surface of our minds are either good or bad. Let's rank them. Tom, do you remember about watches that came out recently? Yes, I remember most of them. Do you have a mix of feelings about them, and do you feel like you could collate those feelings into different categories for the amusement of our viewers and listeners? Oh, absolutely. My feelings are so mixed up lately, mostly about watches, so uh, yeah, that should translate. (laughs) Well, let's do it, ignoring that obvious mental health red flag. (laughs) So we've got five categories, Tom. We've got bye, 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 I need it now. We've got pretty dang cool, which is when you see something and you go, that's pretty dang cool. You've got neato, which is the equivalent of blowing the air out of your nose. You've got, not for me. I can see that someone else might buy that, but do you know what? It's just not for me. And then you've got, right at the bottom, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, which is my nan's favourite category. Yeah, okay, good. Rolex Yachtmaster 42. What did you think of it? I really like it. As far as now this time in a new material goes... I think this is quite a worthwhile switcheroo. I think the titanium works really well together with the bead-blasted Cerachron bezel of the Yachtmaster. I think those two go really well together. Not as glitzy as some of the other Rolexes around. So yeah, that's quite cool. I really like it. It's Rolex really let their hair down. They've popped their button, they've thrown away their tie, and they're like, woo, let's jump in the pool. So what do you think? This is a very, very positive Nito from me. I think so. It's it's at the upper edge of Nito. I don't think it gets all the way to pretty dang cool because ultimately is a watch they already had in a different material and I can't forgive that kind of laziness. They've just got lucky this time. So that's a solid Nito. Yeah. What I didn't expect though this year was the 1908 from Rolex, which of course is based on a watch from, yes, 1931. This took everything that didn't quite work with the Cellini, threw it all away and created something so much more cohesive. Everything is very well made and very well balanced. And it actually, it blew my socks off a little bit, right to the toes. I think this is pretty dang cool. It's one of my favourites from the show. I wouldn't say bye 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 because it's surprisingly expensive, but it is pretty dang cool. That's what I said in front of all the people I didn't know when I saw it. I said, that's pretty dang cool. And they said... Uh, no speak English. Yeah, and and pretty dang interesting as well, because around the back you can actually see the movement inside, which is a bold move for Rolex. So that's pretty dang cool by itself. It is. Lots of pretty dang cool moments happening all in one go. Perhaps not so much with the updated Cosmograph Daytona, specifically the Anniversary Platinum model, which also gains the Sapphire case back. 
there are some things that have happened to the Daytona collectively that people have been uncertain about. The dial has taken a more zenith Daytona approach with the thinner subdial edges, but also they've added a little metal ring around the outside of the ceramic bezel, and I'm not really sure why. What do you think of this watch? Yeah, I'm not sure where I fully landed on it yet. It just feels like change for the sake of change. I'm wondering if the day, the old Daytona will start to look dated or will this one just be the one that no one likes? I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm not I'm not sure where it's going to land at the minute. It's okay. It's, it's all right. I generally like all of it, but I have a real problem with that metal edge. It looks ugly. I don't know why they've done it. The whole point of ceramic is that it's scratch resistant and they've put a band of metal around it that isn't. It seems really odd to me. And overall, I prefer the old one and I would throw this in the not for me category. Yeah, I, I would agree. Last one for Rolex for fear of this becoming a, a big Rolex loving. Two watches for the price of one. You had the Oyster Perpetual bubble dial and you had the day date puzzle dial. Now, I think this is the part in the film where the parents who've let their hair down take it too far and the kids are like, Dad, you're embarrassing me. Yeah, absolutely mortified. Now, I'm usually of the mind that we need watches like this. The watch industry is too stuffy and straight-laced and we need big, colourful, bold designs to be fun and playful and all that sort of stuff. But then this, I kind of feel like it's a little bit low effort. I feel like the design's just seem a little bit clip art it doesn't strike me as anything other than they saw it on the wall of a crash I, I don't know it feels a bit to me like enforced corporate fun like a team building day aren't we yeah. having fun no yeah fridays is puzzle hour <laughs> and i'm sure there are plenty of people who would really enjoy wearing this watch and absolutely love them and love this new direction that rolex is going and i don't want to deny them that fun i just want them to have that fun somewhere else yeah i'm sure rihanna will love it but just keep it away from me <clears throat> so what are we saying then i i'm a very solid not for me bordering on if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all i'm with nana on this one i can't say anything nice about it i did say something i shouldn't have done sorry nana um, now to move away from Rolex and onto the brand that actually kind of usually brings in the fun, the cool Uncle Tudor. One of my favourite watches of the show, the Tudor Black Bay 54, a watch I didn't realise I wanted until Tudor made it. I was hoping for an improved bezel and crown for the Black Bay 58, which I own. What I didn't expect was to have it shrunk by two millimetres into this 1954 re-edition Black Bay. What do you think, Tom? Tudor's catalogue to me at a glance looks like a load of different black bays. I have a hard time telling them apart, usually. And this one is another black bay. I love the size. I'm a big champion for sub 40 millimeter diameter cases. That's a win. But just on appearances alone, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, doesn't really buzz me, Andrew. You're a crazy man. This is a buy, buy, buy for me. And I very, very nearly did, except for the fact that it takes me so long to buy anything. And I'm very, very tight. I, you wouldn't put this in buy, buy, buy. I would put it in neato. I mean, what are you going to get from this that you're not already enjoying from your Black Bay 58? Crown bezel and slightly smaller. Oh, right. All the things I've been lusting after, Tom, in my very unimaginative life. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the thing. I think I'm... Now I've seen the studio underdog watermelon, I can't go back to monochromatic dive watches. I just can't. Can we settle on pretty dang cool at least? Yeah, it is pretty dang cool. Lovely. 
One we didn't expect, Tag Heuer Carrera Chronograph. That sounds very, very eh. But here they've done a thing where they haven't gone back in time and copied their old watches. They haven't tried to make something that looks modern. They've smushed the two together in this hybrid pseudo vintage modern watch that actually creates an identity of its own, finally. You've got that lovely box crystal that reaches all the way around. You've got that dial with the different levels and in the case of the black dial, different colors. I think this is a smarter looking watch than a Daytona. I agree. I think there's so many little details going on here that just really come together and make a really nice, cohesive, attractive watch. I love that box crystal that wraps all the way around so it's almost kind of bezel-less. You just get this pebble shape that you just, like a hard-boiled sweet that just needs to be uh, swallowed. <laughs> swallowed in one. I've just noticed that the blue dial has the date at six and the black dial the date at 12. I really like the date at 12. It's a really cool and unusual look. Um, and the Torbjorn version they did as well, obviously much more expensive. But here's the sticking point for me is the price. Starting at £5,600, which is not a cheap watch. Rate it. Despite that, bye, bye, bye. What? Yeah. That's how passionate I am about domed crystal. Hmm. The price for Tag Heuer is making me think somewhere between Nito and Pretty Dan Cool. So should we settle on Pretty Dan Cool? Sure. Tom, the big release from Grand Seiko this year with almost absolutely no fanfare at all is their first ever mechanical self-winding chronograph. Now you'd think they'd have made something like this before for Grand Seiko, but they haven't. And here it is. The best thing about it, I think, is moving away from the spring drive chronograph with all its dials and doodads looking like the back end of a space shuttle. This one is much more refined. It's got that beautiful Iwate dial in blue, a lovely ceramic bezel, and together, although it is a bit chunky and it is very expensive at £12,500, is one of the nicest looking Grand Seikos I think they make. It's a real shame that they didn't make more of a fuss about it, but nevertheless, here it is. And what do you think? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's a lovely looking chronograph. Grand Seiko dials often get a bit fussy when they have, uh, you know, many meters and gauges on there. You've got power reserves and sub-dial seconds and everything. But this is really, really nicely laid out. Again, a lovely Grand Seiko texture, blue sunburst pattern. And they gave it a cool, catchy name that is printed on the dial. There's no SLGC001. It's the <laughs> Tentagraph, which I, which I like. I like that name. I'm getting sort of tentacles and pie charts. It's like HP uh, Lovecraft giving a presentation. HP <laughs> Lovecraft. Uh, it's based on the 9 series calibre, so you know it's going to be a very pretty thing with that fancy, fancy escapement in it too. Because I didn't understand why they call it the Tentagraph, but they have explained it more here. It's named, and they've, they've capitalised this to make it painfully clear, it's named for its 10 beats per second three days power reserve, automatic chronograph. So basically they've taken that sentence and the beginning and end and the bookends and smushed them together. But my question was, where are they getting the ta from? That's what I want to know. <laughs> ta, thanks very much. Yeah, <laughs> ta. What do you want to rate it as, Tom? Pretty dang cool. I'd say so. I'd say the price makes it not quite a buy, 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 but for being a first for Grand Seiko and of course doing it the Grand Seiko way makes it pretty dang cool. Another Grand Seiko watch that they definitely didn't tell anyone about is the Hana Ikada Spring Drive Limited Edition. This is an Omiwatari case in rose gold with the cherry blossom dial from the Spring Seasons watch. Together, two of my favourite things in Grand Seiko smushed in a delicious, delicious meal. 
<laughs> this is probably one of my low-key favorite watches of the entire show. £24,000, which is expensive. Tom, what do you think? Absolutely beautiful, yeah. Um, very elegant piece. Rose gold, that textured dial. Is that cherry blossom petals settled on the water? Is that what they've seen out the window this time? <laughs> yeah, let's play another round of what did the watchmaker see? Boop, 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 boop. But yeah, a lovely, again, romantic, evocative scene. That's what Grand Seiko do best, isn't it? It, it happens very rarely, but occasionally you can look at a watch dial and, and it sort of takes you somewhere sometimes. That's what Grand Seiko always try and hone in on. And, and this one is no exception. It's really, really lovely. Check this out. When the Sakura blossoms fall into the water, swirl and float, called Hana Ikada, or flower rafts. Emotions evoked. Yeah, flower rafts. That's lovely. So I feel a Bugs Life sequel coming on. <laughs> and you know what? When you take this and you compare it to the 1908, all of a sudden the 1908 looks a little bit kind of... Eh. Yeah, the 1908 looks a bit sort of busy and maybe a little bit clumsy in comparison, doesn't it? It really does. Grand Seiko know how to make an elegant watch. It's where they do best. And I would say, despite the price, if I had the money, this is a bye-bye-bye for me. Yeah, I limited to 100 pieces. You may have already missed out um, if you had the money, which you don't. Not even close, I would imagine. <laughs> no, and that's why I can confidently say bye-bye-bye because no one can hold me to it. Yeah. On to Shisha Le Cool, Tom, they had a bunch of different reversos at the stand. This particular reverso, the Tribute Chronograph, caught my attention. On the one hand, you have a time-only watch. It's really plain and reserved and simple. It's for Sunday best. But when you turn it over, everything goes crazy. The chronograph pushers, they come into action with the chronograph display. You see all of the technicality there, and you've got a watch that's like, whoa! It's a lot more MB&F than JLC. And you get both of those. I think it's a 20-something thousand pound watch, which is expensive, but when you split that in two, each half is cheaper than a Daytona. And I know which I'd rather have. Yeah, JLC really doubled down on the Reverso this year, didn't they? I think you have to double down on a Reverso, don't you? <laughs> and yeah, there were so many great ones. This one, yeah, particularly good. I think the Reverso is just, you've got to have it, haven't you? It's a must-have watch as a collector. Just at some point, you have to make it happen. Yeah. Bye, 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 Reverso. That's what we're saying. Bye, bye, bye. All the way home. On to IWC, and their big push this year was the Ingenieur, a watch that they have dug out from the annals of time. One of the only manufacturers to have a watch designed by Gerald Genter. Maybe a few years too late to the party, but nevertheless, here they are. A reissue of the Ingenieur SL, kind of a little bit sort of beefed up, a little bit polished up for modern collectors. Crown guards added their more texture on the dial, little nubbins where the holes in the bezel used to be. Mm -hmm. But nobody was expecting the price. This is a 10, 11,000 pound watch. It's, it's very, very expensive. Do the looks and the heritage make up for that? Gerald Genter is very much lauded when it comes to watch designs. But for me, I'm not really interested in that. I actually just love the the form factor. I think there's a really high level of finishing going on here, which is not often what you'd expect from IWC. The only thing that's not tickling me is that is I'm not sold on the dial. Um, I, it just The dial just reminds me of Halfords. <laughs> it is a bit like stepping up into your truck, isn't it? 
with that checkerboard kick plate. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a little bit sort of footwell. <laughs> I can imagine it getting littered with sandwich packets and old tic-tac boxes. I would have put this in the pretty dang cool category, but I think the, the question around the price is just makes that a little too strong a category for it. So I'm going to say neato, but a strong neato. Yeah. From one watch to a very different watch, this is the Oris Pro Pilot Times Kermit. Our favourite little green frog here appears not only in the very bold lime green colour on the dial, but also on the first of every month. He pops up in the window and there he is. Do you know I do a good uh, Kermit the Frog impression, Tom? Oh, go on then. Kermit the Frog! <laughs> That's pretty good. Hold for applause. Frank Oz better watch out. <laughs> It's a really, really fun watch. The Pro Pilot format is cool as well with that serrated James Bond-esque uh, ninja star bezel. What do you think of the two things together? This is fun. This is how you do it. It's bright, it's vibrant, it's fun. I think it's really nice. I really like the watch. I really like the lime green, but I think the addition of Kermit is just a step too far. Yeah, I, you, you might be a little bit of a, a killjoy there. I don't think anyone has said, I think the addition of Kermit is a bit too far. <laughs> Unless they were watching Schindler's List or something. <laughs> Look, if this were a G-Shock, Kermit that thing all over. I want to see green every which way. Right. When watches start costing thousands, I don't know, It just to me it feels weird. Like they've taken Kermit hostage. Yeah. I feel like I'm back to corporate fun again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Friday is Kermit hour. <laughs> so I would put this in the not for me category. Oh, come on. It's a neato. Look at it. It's got Kermit in the date window. Kermit in the date window is neato, surely. Fine. <laughs> you killjoy. On to the Alangenzerner Odysseus Chronograph. This is the latest addition to the Odysseus line, and despite the fact it looks barely any different, it actually packs in a completely new complication alongside the day and date functions. A chronograph. Not only is there a chronograph, it is a central minutes chronograph. Not only is it a central minutes chronograph, but also when you reset it, the chronograph seconds hand spins the number of times around the dial that it took to get there, either forwards or backwards, depending on if it's closer to 12 or half past. The thing is, all of that stuff you don't really notice. It's all packed into the functionality of it, and it makes it a very, very typically Alangazuna restrained complication. What do you think? Yeah, I love the Odysseus, and this complication is really, really interesting. The only thing for me is I'm a little bit crestfallen when I couldn't actually see it whizzing around lots and lots of times. If you could see it spin around, I'd say it was pretty dang cool. But since you can't, I'd say it was neato. But I don't say that as neato as in a downgrade. I think that's the Germanness of it that makes it kind of like it's 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 neato because it's just for you. It's just for what you know. Actually, thinking about it, I think when I saw the uh, Arlang and Zana presentation, they actually said, "Hey, we've got something here that's pretty neato." So I think they that that was their their actual tagline for it. There you go. Self categorizes neato. Very very easy. Moving on to the Patek Philippe six thousand and seven G Calatrava. A sporty reinterpretation of the Calatrava that comes in three different colours. Tom, now I'm all for the youngification, that's a word, of Patek Philippe for a upcoming newer, younger audience. But I'm not sure this is the right watch. 
in on paper it, it looks about right and at a glance it, it looks about right but when you start digging at the details i think it falls apart just a little bit what do you think at a glance it sort of caught me off guard a little bit i was like wow cool popping fun colors like that looks fresh and sporty but actually when you get down to it i mean i'm not a huge fan of that carbon fiber woven fabric thing again on the dial you've got that that whole footwell aesthetic going on they've sort of made it feel a little bit old-fashioned in a patek philippe kind of way haven't they yeah yeah these are the adults trying to have fun but failing for me <laughs> i'm sure there are a load of people who do like this watch but for me it's, there's no one thing that's wrong there's just little bits and pieces like you say the carbon fiber-esque strap and dial the pop of colors the date window the way the numbers go around the outside like it's you know hit the jukebox and it'll start playing again. The whole thing together just yeah. feels a bit mushy to me. I would put that in the not for me category, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's nice. I'm sure it's for someone and I really hope that they enjoy it. To the other end of the scale, this is a watch that ticks a lot of boxes. It is an Aquanaut 5261R. It comes in 40 millimeters or just a hair under. Uh, just a little bit under 11 millimeters thick rose gold case the first annual calendar complication in an aquanaut all of those things together oh really really nice the look of the watch itself the layout of the subdials when i first saw it i thought looked a bit awkward but the more i see it the more i think actually i kind of like that it's different that it has a slightly different aesthetic where things go from cool to a little bit odd is when patek philippe say the manufacturer is thus enriching its offer of complicated ladies' watches with a non-gem set model. This is pitched specifically by Patek Philippe as a ladies' watch. It is weird that they've explicitly stated that. I would never have guessed that. Now I'm looking at it, you said that the, the, the dial layout was a little bit awkward. With that in my mind and my immature childish brain, I suppose the subtitles do look a little bit like bubes. <laughs> um, so maybe that's where they're coming from. I think this feels a little bit like when your old Nana tries her very best not to be racist anymore by doing other things that are even more racist and pointing out that this is specifically a ladies watch because we have to say it's a ladies watch because it doesn't have any gems on it. Right. Doth protest too much. I'm of the opinion now we don't have to tell people whether a watch is for you or not. If you like it, you can wear it. Sure. Yeah. I would have put this in the pretty dang cool category, but I think some of that confusion makes it slip down to neato for me, but it's a solid neato. Yeah, awesome. Neato, I mean. <laughs> Don't confuse the categories, Tom. For our last watch, well, this is a batch of watches from Panerai, and we're used to seeing them release a variant of the Radiomir or the Luminor every year because those are the watches that made them famous. However, this year they've done something a little bit different. The Radiomir Otto Gioni comes in a few different flavours, you have the typical standard dial in blue or kind of a greenish brown, or you can have the California dial. Now, you might be thinking that just sounds like the same song played over again. But this time they've done something I think is quite special. They have PVD'd the case and then scratched it all off again. And it gives it this aesthetic like you might find on the little toy cannon you can buy in the museum. Now, I think Panerai have dabbled with trying to make watches feel more luxurious. But I prefer this direction, going into the more I found it at the bottom of the sea aesthetic, because that's really what Panerai for me is about. They're chunky, lumpy, they're bodged together, they're held together with sticking tape and plasters for the Italian Navy, just so they had something that worked. And taking it more in that direction feels really appropriate for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about the sticking tape, but this sort of makes Panerai make sense to me now, because, yeah, the luxurious angle is 
it's quite confusing when you're confronted with this big lump of uh, a watch. But then when you, you give it scratches and battle scars, it makes it look like a relic. It just makes it way more cohesive as a product for me. I really, really like it. When you do have these luxurious timepieces, it's like maybe you can be a little bit apprehensive, you know, keep it for best. But with this, it's just like it's already battered. So just enjoy it. It's almost like the patina you'd get on a bronze watch. You kind of you want it to change and evolve over time. You want you want that character now. And and, and Panerai is just delivering that straight to you straight away. It's like, hey, look, here's your buried treasure that we uncovered for you. Box fresh. Ripped stonewashed jeans for your wrist. Does this introduce a new category <laughs> of, um, of of wear nerves? Normally you worry about wearing your watch out, but here do you worry about wearing your wear out? Yeah, what? Could you accidentally burnish it and make it all shiny? <laughs> Maybe Panerai could provide a little mini rock tumbler where you um, you pop your Panerai <laughs> in a little tumbler with, uh, with a couple of Invictus and smush it up again. <laughs> there would be nothing left of it. <laughs> um, I think this is very much the right direction for Panerai to go in. Pretty dang cool. I would say so. That goes in the pretty dang cool for me. Um, Dave, you're a listener. Do you think all of our judgments are completely wrong? If so, let us know in the comments down below. If you think they're correct, do let us know as well, because it's nice to have that affirmation from the internet. Thank you so much for watching. Please do like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.